So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello, and welcome back to Pause and Connect. This is episode 33 called An Example, Controlling to Connected Parenting. Today, I want to share a real life example of what I, how I conceptualize connected parenting. Now, a brief summary of connected parenting as I talk about it here at Pause and Connect is that it's about connecting instead of controlling. It's about your goal in parenting is not to make your child behave. Your goal is to understand your child and to build a closer relationship with them. Now, people often think that this type of parenting, you might you might see uh, gentle parenting, peaceful parenting, positive parenting, attachment parenting. It, it's all similar. And, um, and whenever anybody's talking about it online, people attack the person who is advocating for it. Um, they call it permissive parenting, but it's actually the opposite. So it's true that in this type of parenting and connected parenting that I talk about here at Pause and Connect, you don't punish. But in place of punishment, you connect, you empathize, you teach, and you problem solve solve. Um, and so it's an, a better outcome in the end. People also often think that if you parent this way, you're going to put children out in the world who don't know how to fend for themselves or children who are entitled. I see that all the time. Um, people think that children need punishment to teach children how to behave. Otherwise, children are going to become incapable adults or go to jail. That's the one that's always thrown out there. Yeah, this is what puts children in jail when you coddle them. Um, so again, that's not the case. This isn't coddling. Um, it, it is respectful. Uh, this this type of parenting is heavily influenced by attachment theory and attachment theory is incredible. Attachment-based parenting has been shown again and again and again and again to help children learn to manage their emotions, to gain greater self-control, to have better self-esteem, and to feel more confident going out into the world. And that's what we all want as parents. Um, And like I say, like on social media anyway, people say that you get those results by punishing your children and showing them who's boss. But what the, the research shows is that attachment actually is what gets those results. So the reason for this is because we're all born with a deep need to attach to our caregivers. And the the thing is, we're going to take what we can get. So if we get harsh punishment or indifference from our parents or our caregivers, that's going to affect how we feel about the safety of the world and the safety of our caregivers. And it's going to affect us as adults in our, our adult relationships and how we feel about ourselves So as parents, when you're focusing on connecting with your child instead of the punishment or the indifference, then your child learns that you are a secure base. That's what, that's what they talk about in attachment theory, attachment theory, excuse me. So this means that your child is free to go out and explore the world because they have you to come back to. You're the secure base. And there are studies that have shown this in toddlers and children, and those studies are so interesting. Children who have that secure base have been shown to be more confident to explore their environment. And additionally, the other awesome thing about connecting instead of punishing and and the traditional 
type of parenting is uh, that it helps your child co-regulate. So as you help them calm down in their hard times, they form new connections in their brain that help them to self-regulate without you when they need to. And again, this is this is where people criticize it because they see you connecting with your child instead of punishing your child and they say you're coddling them, you're being permissive, but you're actually forming new connections in their brain. Their brain structure is changing as a result of the the co-regulation that you're providing and that helps them to be able to self-regulate later on down the road. So it's incredible science and it's countercultural, and that can be really difficult sometimes. So the example I'm going to share today, the end is totally countercultural. The beginning is cultural. It, we, it, it shows me doing the traditional parenting, trying to force an outcome. Uh, and then, and then, uh, I changed my mind. My husband helped me change my mind. The two of us changed our minds. And um, and then you can see how we began to um, use connection instead and how that produced the result we wanted and it was much better. So um, what I'm sharing today is heavily based on how I perceive connected parenting and what I talk about here. And you'll see in the end that this approach really helped our family come together and it helped our daughter meet the goals that we wanted her to meet. And now before I get into the example, let me just tell you, this, this is completely about my daughter and my husband and I and how we all reacted. And I want to tell you that I got her permission to share this story. She read this and she approved of it. She's a teenager. And so I feel like she's old enough to give me permission to talk about it or not. Um, and if she ever changes her mind and wants it removed, I'm definitely going to do that. So um, as of now, she, she read it, she liked it, she wants it shared. So to start, I often think it's helpful to understand a concept like connected parenting here when you have something to con contrast it with. So this example I'm going to share, again, it's going to show you how my husband and I first parented in the more traditional way with threats and punishments and consequences, and then how we switched back to connected parenting. So this is just one parenting issue with one child, um, but my hope is that it will illustrate clearly how different that connected parenting is from traditional parenting. And also it's going to give an example, I, I hope, a clear example of what connected parenting is. And then also I hope it's going to show that you can use connected parenting even if you've already yelled, given a punishment, or parented in a way that you didn't want to. So you may not agree with our ultimate decision in this example, and that's okay because I'm not trying to tell you how to make decisions. Um, this is based on our own family cultural values, and also on the values that we felt were most important in this particular situation for this particular child at this particular time of this particular child's life, right? So you might listen to this and think, well, I would have made a different decision. But the point of the example is not to tell you what decisions to make, but to see the process of connected parenting and then think about how that works in, in your family. So that's, that's the valuable part of this example. Okay, so here's what happened. At the beginning of this year, all three of our kids were spending a lot of time outside on our skateboards, and it was really fun to see. And I asked them if they wanted skateboard lessons, and they all said that they would love that. So then fast forward months later, I saw that there was a skateboard camp for the summer, and I signed all three kids up for them. I for it. I didn't I didn't ask the kids if they wanted it because I remembered that months earlier they had said that they would like that if there was ever an opportunity. So when I told the kids about the upcoming summer camp, the two, the younger two were really excited, but my oldest daughter, the one that this is about, was really upset 
she didn't want to go to skateboard camp. And I was shocked because she had said earlier that she would like that. And I was also busy in the moment. And, and maybe I was even a little bit annoyed that she would be negative about something that I thought she would like. Um, so I kind of just shelved it and, and just like, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then did that thing where I decided, you know, later I'm going to convince her to change her mind. Right. Like, you, you get me, right? Like we do that as parents. Um, so then we brought it up a few more times before the camp. And each time we brought it up, she made a comment that she didn't want to go, but she wasn't really pushy about it. And I wasn't really paying much attention. And so I just kind of ignored it. And then when the week of the first lesson came, she was mad because she didn't want to go. She reminded me that she had been telling me this all along, but here's here's what I did. And I think that we do this as parents. I'd created a different story in my mind based on what I thought she wanted at the beginning of the year when she had expressed interest in learning how to skateboard better. So basically I hadn't been listening well. And so I didn't absorb what she really wanted. But because I had that story in my mind that she at one point wanted skateboard lessons, I clung to that and I insisted she go to skateboard camp because she wants this and she should have it and she should be grateful. You know, all of that kind of stuff was going on in my mind. And, and so I told her she had to at least give it a chance. So my husband took them on the first day and he tells me that she fought the whole way and he was mad when he got there. He, when he told me I was mad. So you can see that by the point, this point, the two of us had really pitted ourselves against her. She, she did go through with the first lesson, um, but she hated it. She was the oldest kid there by far, and she didn't even want to be there in the first place. Um, she was much taller than every kid, you know, just not a, not a comfortable situation. And we kind of understood that, that it might not be comfortable, and but we thought she should still stick it out. And so we were going to, you know, kind of try and come up with ways that she could. We kind of half-heartedly tried to connect afterwards. So what I did is I used the skills that I talk about here in this podcast all the time. I reflected and I expressed empathy. So when she told me that she hated the camp, I reflected that back to her. Like, oh, you really hated the camp, didn't you? And I also put myself in her shoes and I realized it must have been frustrating to be the oldest one there. And I told her that. But when I say I did this half-heartedly, that's true. I said the right words, I used the right tone, but underneath it all, I was still working out how I was gonna get her to finish this camp. I was telling myself that she didn't even give it a fair chance, and so in the process, I was completely devaluing her experience and feelings. Now, I wasn't saying that out loud, but I was feeling that inside. So what I was doing was really inauthentic. So those skills that I do talk about, reflection, empathy, they did work in the moment. Like I did hear her, she did hear some um, some empathy from me because I really did feel bad that she was the oldest one there, but there really wasn't authenticity to what I was saying. And so because of that, I wasn't letting the skills help me understand her. So do you see how important it, it is to fully connect? I used the skills, which helped calm down the situation, but it didn't help me understand her because I held myself back by not really getting in there and not really feeling complete empathy for what she was feeling. I only had empathy for what I thought she might be feeling. So the next week came 
And this time she fought really hard. She reminded us again that she never wanted to do this camp in the first place, which she was right. And we fought back because she did want to do the camp at the beginning of the year. And we were right about that too. But remember, we hadn't been listening all along. So we had created this story in our mind that she really wanted this. Had we been listening, we would have realized right after I signed them up that she didn't want to go. But some of our pride and some of our worries got in the way. So we dug in. We insisted again that she go. And so she got in the car, but once they got there, she refused to get out of it when they were at the skate park. And my husband and I were furious. And this is definitely where the traditional parenting was taking over, right? We were not seeing where she was coming from at all. And these are some of the thoughts that we had. We're like, tell me, and we can't tell me, but this is going to sound familiar. I think most parents feel this and society has trained us to to feel this when our kids are uh, disobeying or disrespecting or whatever. So we, we were thinking like, how dare she? We gave her this gift. How dare she not accept it? Or how disrespectful of her? Or how inconsiderate of our time and our money? She's just throwing our money away. You know, we were going through all of that. So as we're, as we're doing that, what, what we were doing as parents is we were moralizing her emotions. Her emotions were that she was uncomfortable and that was totally valid, but we were turning it into negative character traits. We were saying she's disrespectful and she's inconsiderate of us and inconsiderate of others and turning it into something so much more. So because we were coming from this place where we felt like she was being disrespectful, it put us in this position where we felt like we had the higher moral ground and were the parents, right? So we dug in harder and we closed our ears even more to what she was saying. And this is totally uh, what society tells us to do. The next thing that we did is, is we told her she had to go to camp next time or she was going to have to pay us back. And... That, that seemed logical, but I'll tell you why it wasn't logical in this particular situation later, okay? Um, but the, she shocked us because she's like, okay, fine, I'll pay you back. And we were not expecting that. We thought that the amount that she would have to pay us back was going to be so big that she she would just be like, okay, fine, I'll go. Um, so... <laughs> So we were shocked. We were not expecting this. And we had been parenting from this total lack of connection already. So at this point, the traditional parenting of I'm in charge and you do what I say was kicking in really hard. At this point, we really should have stopped and examined our reactions, but we didn't. If we had examined our surprise that she was willing to pay us, we would have realized that, oh, we're trying to control. Like if we're surprised that she's willing to do this and we don't like that answer, then that means we're trying to control her. So we realized our goal in telling her that she had to pay us back was not necessarily motivated by trying to teach her the value of money. It was to incentivize her to go to skateboard camp. And so I'll I'll talk more about the why of all that in a minute. But anyway, she was agreeing to our terms. And here we were mad because we didn't want her to agree to those terms. Like, how unfair is that, right? When I'm looking back at this, it's, it's obvious. But in the moment, we were pretty upset. We wanted her to go to skateboard camp. So this, I, I feel so, I feel so bad about this, but we dug in even harder at this point and we're like, okay, fine. You're going to pay us back. Then you have to pay us back by this weekend. And this was impossible. 
It actually, it absolutely was. And she knew it. We knew it. And so now she's screaming at us. She was screaming at us and we were yelling back and, and she was screaming at us that we were unfair and she was right. But we were so in this now that we couldn't hear that. So we were doubling down and we were insisting, well, you need to understand the value of money and this is the only way. Um, and, and we ultimately just like, we just reached this point where we couldn't even talk to each other. So we had to take a break. Okay. So she went to her room. We stayed in our room and let me kind of sum up in this break. (laughs) What has happened up until this break? So number one, we signed her up for something without asking her. Number two, when she told us she didn't want it, we dismissed her again and again. Now, sure, at this point, she could have been more clear in her communication. She could have she could have sat us down and said, hey, I don't think you're hearing me. Like, And, and that's a skill that she didn't choose to use. Um, but ultimately, I want to take responsibility. We did dismiss her. Number three, when the day came and she reminded us that she didn't want this thing, we forced her to go anyway. Number four, when we forced her to go to the second time and she didn't participate, we punished her by telling her that she had to pay us back. And number five, when she agreed to pay us back, we made it impossible for her by giving her a deadline that she couldn't reach. So (laughs) this is really bad, right? Like we, we, we really messed up, okay? So while we took this break, my husband and I were talking ourselves down. We hadn't realized all of this yet. So first we were ranting, can you believe her, all this stuff. And I think it's important to share that because our feelings were valid too. Even if we didn't have a handle on our actions and if if we were really being unfair, it still was valid that this was upsetting to us. And so ranting to each other and not to our daughter anymore actually was an important step in figuring ourselves out. And so if you have a partner who's on the same page as you, like it's it's okay to to let this be a part of your step. Like of course we should never stay there and never let us, ourselves get riled up and go make decisions in that ranting mode, but but letting ourselves get it out was helpful in this in this moment, especially because we were on the same page. So anyway, after ranting, <laughs> My husband brought us back to what I'm always talking about here at Pause and Connect. I was kind of mad because I should be the one to notice this, but he's the one who did it. And he was like, how can we connect with her right now? And that's what I'm always saying right here on this podcast. How can you connect? That is the best question to ask in any sticky situation with your kids because it always recenters. And oh, I did not want to hear that in the moment because in the moment I wanted to be right. I wanted our daughter to follow through with this camp, but he was right. So I took a breath and I said, well, she's hurt and I need, I need to figure out why I'm so upset before I can connect. And that was really important. I really needed to understand myself. Why was this such a big deal for me? And so as we talked about the whole situation, we realized that we were being driven by fear. Our daughter doesn't have a lot of physical activities she enjoys. And she does tend to avoid them. If, if she goes to a, a church activity and there's a physical activity there, she, she doesn't participate. And that kind of stresses us out sometimes. Um, you know, we worry about her levels of exercise. We worry that she doesn't learn how to stick with something or isn't willing to try hard things, right? Um, and in this case, it, we were seeing that. She wasn't sticking with it. She was giving up at the first sign of discomfort. And these two things were scaring us to death. We didn't realize it at the moment, but we were traveling into the future in our minds and we were seeing our daughter as an adult who gives up on uncomfortable things based on what she's doing with the skateboard camp. So what we were doing was we were catastrophizing 
And because of that, it was impacting us in the here and now, and it was impacting our decisions and impacting the way we were treating her. So with that understanding that we were being driven by fear, we had a a new way to approach this. We were like, okay, we get what we're doing. We get what's going on. And we didn't want to be driven by fear, but we also did want to acknowledge our fear. Like it's legitimate. If, If this is a pattern, it does make us worried, right? But we also didn't want to dismiss our daughter's feelings. That's that's what that question helped us figure out. How can we connect right now? We're realizing, yeah, that's true. We don't want to dis- dismiss her feelings. And we don't want to fight. We didn't want to have the ickiness that was happening in our family. We wanted to work out our fears. We wanted to acknowledge them and 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 validate them and, and work them out in a way that was fair to her and in a way that connected with her. So to do that, we took the future off the table. We stopped catastrophizing. We didn't need to catastrophize about the future anymore. We, we realized she needs to learn the skill of follow through, yes. And she needs to find physical activities she enjoys, yes. But we also needed to acknowledge our part in forcing this uncomfortable thing on her and stop worrying that if she doesn't do skateboard camp, then she's going to be a lazy bum on the couch for the rest of her life, right? Like that's, that's, that's what we had done. We had traveled to the future and decided she'll never exercise again if she doesn't do this camp. And that's ridiculous. That's not true. So we, that's, that's, but I do want to say that's valid. That's where we had gotten And that's where we parents get a lot because we see patterns in our kids and and we start to stress about the now and how it's going to impact the future. Um, So again, saying that, that question, how can we connect with her right now helped us think of right now instead of the future. Okay. And, and not going to skateboard camp, when you really think of it logically, not going to skateboard camp does not mean she's never going to do anything physical. It does not mean she's never going to follow through with things. It means this situation isn't working out now, right? And if it's a pattern, then we want to address it and find a better way around it, which is kind of what we did. And I'll talk about that in a minute. So in our self-examination, we realized that we told her that she would have to pay us back because we were trying to teach a different lesson. We were trying to teach the value of money. And that we reached for that because that's a really logical consequence. And I think that's what society would say. Like, hey, if your kid isn't gonna do what they signed up to do, then they have to pay you back. And so that, that we just reached for it. It was easy to reach for. But then as we're examining ourselves, we realized that actually wasn't what was worrying us in this particular situation. Like we didn't like that we had thrown money away, but that wasn't really the issue. We were only using that as a way to control her because we thought that it would be the thing that would get her to submit and do what we actually wanted. And what we actually wanted was for our daughter to be physically active and to improve a skill. So with that new understanding, we decided now we'll let her quit the rest of the camp if she wants, because we're not really worried about the value of money in this situation. Sure, it's important, but that's not really what's stressing us out today about this child, right? What we really want is for her to stick with a physical activity. That's what we really want to see. So how can we do that? So we decided, well, well, we can, we want her to be active and we want her to improve a skill on wheels. If she chooses not to do skateboards, how about um, a bike or roller skates? That's, that's kind of where we decided we would land it. And at that point, we thought this is more of a negotiation. This is more of problem solving. So we can bring her back in and we can see what she has to say. So we called her back in 
We apologized. We hugged her. We listened to her frustrations for reals this time. And we acknowledged that we hadn't been fair to her, that we used the skills of reflection and empathy again. But this time, these skills were legit. What we were doing was legit because we were truly trying to understand what she felt. We didn't have like an underlying thing anymore. We weren't like listening just to listen. We were listening to understand. So let me pause for a minute here and say that this is the connected parenting I'm always talking about. We were having a conversation in which we truly wanted to know what our daughter was experiencing and we were present with her. We also, by this point, had let go of the fear, which helped us to have this conversation. And we had narrowed in on what was really important to us, which again, helped us to have this conversation because if she was upset about something, we we could accept that she was upset about it because we knew what was really bugging us and what was really worrying us. And because of that, we were ready to problem solve with her. So if she hadn't been ready to hear from us at this point, what we would have done is we would have just let it take time and we would have just stayed and connected with her and heard her and hugged her and listened to her and 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 really tried to hear her. Um, and, and we were ready and willing to let this take as long as it needed to at this point. And that's part of connected parenting too. It's about the relationship, not about a controlled outcome. So in the process of focusing on the relationship, the other issues are going to be addressed, but it's going to happen in a, comp- in a kind, compassionate way. So that's that's where we were at this point. We were finally ready to hear her. And so that meant that we were ready to stay with her as long as it took. So once we all felt connected and calm, we told her about our fears. We said that we were worried she was going to give up when she doesn't like something. And we were worried that she wasn't going to exercise. And she agreed that that was valid. And, um, and so then we asked if she was ready to hear a suggestion that would help her, help us help her with these two worries. And she was. So we told her we would like her to keep trying the skate camp if she felt like she could, but if she couldn't, and she was really quick to tell us she couldn't, then we would like her to improve her skills on wheels. And we would like her to do this during the time that she would have been at skate camp. So we still wanted her to follow through with the commitment. So I think there were like four or five more lessons and they were on Saturdays at like eight in the morning to 10. So we're like, for the next four or five Saturdays from eight to 10, we want you to be on wheels. So that's following through with the commitment, which was the one thing that we were worried about. And that's improving her skills in athletics, which was the second thing we were, 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 that is really hard to say, we were worried about. Um, So she agreed that that was fair. Um, And and I want to say here, if she hadn't agreed that was fair, we would have been able to negotiate and figure out another way to problem solve because we were in a, a place where we were willing to hear her. So I hope that, I hope that makes sense. Um, and, and it might've taken more time. It might've taken some more time apart and us thinking and talking and figuring it out. Um, but because we had narrowed down what we were worried about, because she agreed that that was something to be worried about, we were able to, to come to this agreement. So, um, and, and you know, what was really cool about this whole process, because we had signed her up without consulting her. Right. And we, we messed up there, but she also recognized in this process that she could have been more clear with us about her wishes. Like she could have, she could have sat us down, like I said, and said, Hey, I don't think you're hearing me. Um, and, and so she recognized that in this process. And then she also agreed that she would like to improve her athletic skills. So 
so it actually worked out really well. Um, so then one week, you know, she went for a bike ride. Another week she roller skated, even right next to the skate park while her siblings were participating in skate camp. So like she, she really, she showed up, she did the thing. And by the end, she had improved her skills on wheels and she had gotten exercise and she had followed through with the length of time that we, that we expected her to do. Um, and then the nice thing is she continued to go for bike rides and to go roller skating on her own after the camp was over because she had gotten better at both and she enjoyed both. It, it was her choice to choose which ones and those were the ones she chose. So in the end, this is what was most important to her well-being. We, we offered her that she could skateboard too, just not at the camp, and she never chose to do that. So skateboarding ultimately was not that important to her. So again... Like I say, you may not agree with our ultimate decision. Like maybe it would have been more important to you that she pay back for the missed lessons because maybe your child doesn't understand the value of money and that's the big issue, you know? Um, and, and again, yeah, like we have other opportunities. Like we do want her to understand the value of money and we have other opportunities to do that in this particular case, that just wasn't the main issue. Um, maybe you would have felt like she needed to talk to the skate camp director and, and problem solve with, with him. You know, like there are dozens of ways that this might play out differently in your family with your family values and the needs of your individual child. But ultimately, when we finally stopped trying to control and we finally asked ourselves how to connect, we were able to see our own motivations and our own worries and our own concerns and our own fears for this particular child more clearly. And that showed us what was driving us to force her. And then we were able to take a step back from that and find a solution that was ideal for her and for our concerns for her. So it was very individualized. And in the end, she gained the skills that we felt she needed to gain. And I'm, I'm really glad we did it this way because she enjoys bike riding and roller skating and, and she does it. I mean, it's snowing outside right now, so that's not going to happen for a while. But, but in the end, we added two new athletic things to her repertoire. <laughs> that's not the right way to say that, but you get what I'm saying. In the end, she, at, she chose two new things, two new ways of exercising that she wanted to do. So sure, we would have loved it if she had just chosen to skateboard because it would be really cool if she developed an uncomfortable skill, right? But we're also so happy that she improved on her endurance and bike riding and her balance and roller skating. And these are things that she decided she enjoys and now she can enjoy them even better because she followed through with improving on them. So I hope this has been helpful to you to listen to our mess ups and then our resolutions. You can clearly see how we were trying to control, how we were using fear to make us control, and that is the traditional way of parenting. That is what society tells you to do. You can also clearly see how we were letting fear guide our decisions, like I said, and it all resulted in this huge explosion that was just really awful for our family. And if you've experienced those explosions between parent and child, like, that's, that's not what we want. We want to do what is going to help our children um, develop the skills that they need to develop and, and, to, and to connect with each other and to love each other. So we could have continued to double down. And again, that's what traditional parenting would teach us. We could have kept our rule that she had to pay us back by the weekend. And if she didn't, which she wouldn't have been able to, we could have removed privileges until she did. We could have grounded her. We could have done any number of things to force her to do what we wanted. And that is what traditional parenting tells you to do. 
eventually what would have happened is we would have hit on the thing that would have either made her do what we wanted or would have hurt her so bad that she would regret not doing what we wanted, right? And that's kind of the goal that that I see in in traditional parenting. Like, hey, you've got to make them uh, do the thing that, that you say because that's how they learn. But <laughs> this... This is, uh, it's just, it's just so frustrating. It, I'm tongue tied about it because society telling us to do this is, is just to get our kids to do what we say, no matter what, like this, this is not helpful. We're, we're told that this is helpful, that this is what's going to help keep our kids out of jail in the future. Like I said, that's always the one that comes up in comments. This is what's going to teach our kids to have respect for others, to have manners, to have respect in their house and all of that to have control, you know, but it just doesn't work that way. Because if we had followed the path we were on, she would have pulled away from us and not just for that day. It would have significantly impacted our relationship overall. We would have remained angry at her because she wouldn't have been able to pay us back by the weekend. So we would have taken uh, privileges away until she did. And we would have forced her now going out and making money. And that would have become a thing of contention between us. And it, it would have, we would have just been angry and she would have been angry and we would have continued to moralize her decisions. Oh, she's lazy. She's not going out and making money or she's so ungrateful that she didn't, she didn't accept this from us or whatever, you know, we would have really viewed her in as flawed in so many unfair ways, because it, in the end, like we were setting up a situation that she couldn't win, right? So I wish I had just listened to her when she first said she didn't want to go. That would have been connected parenting right from the get-go, and it would have been great. I could have listened. I could have asked for clarification. I could have told her my worries and what I hoped for her. And then together, we could have come to a solution that satisfied us both. And if we, I had done it in a good time, I would have been able to get a refund. So the whole money thing would have been handled too. So if I could rewrite this in a connected way, I think that's sometimes helpful. That's helpful for me anyway. And I hope it's helpful for you to listen. This, this is what it would have looked like. Like if I had said, hey, like I signed you up for skateboard camp in, in March, whatever, you're going to do it in June. And then, and then if she said, I don't want to go, then I could say, well, sweetie, why don't you want to go to skateboard camp? And then she might have said, I don't know, I don't really like skateboarding. And then I could have said, oh, I thought you did. You were doing it a lot at the beginning of the year. And then she could have said, I know, but it's just not really my thing anymore. I don't really like it now. And then I could say, hmm, I really thought you would like it. But it's valid that you aren't interested anymore. That happens. But I'd really like you to find a sport for you to do this summer. What can I help you to do to, to make that happen? And then we could have figured out how to help her improve her athletic skills in a way that she was comfortable with. But I also want to point out that while I wish I had done that, it's this connected way of parenting is so incredible because it was possible to return to connection, even when we went so far that we were screaming at each other. Remember what it took? It took my husband saying, how can we connect with her right now? That's what calmed us down. That's what helped us look at our motivations and our actions. That's what ultimately helped us see where the fear was and how to resolve our problem. Then we were able to bring her back in and connect by hugging, apologizing, and fully hearing her. And at that point, she was ready to fully hear us. And she was, she was willing to take a, a look at herself and agree with our assessment that she doesn't, she doesn't follow through with physical activities. Like, how great is that, that she could hear some feedback from us because we connected with her and she could hear our fears about, about her choices without being defensive. 
And at that point, she was ready to choose to find something physical that she loved. And she she wanted to to do that. So oh, it was just it was just so great to be able to eventually get there. And so I, I want to show that contrast that we were fighting so bad, but still connection helped us get where we wanted to be, even though we had messed up. And you know what else is great? She apologized to us for not being more clear in all of our previous conversations. And she apologized to us for yelling at us. And so this is connection. She didn't need a punishment to realize her part in this. She needed connection. Plus, parents who were finally ready to own up to their part in this whole fiasco. And most of this, 98% of this was our our fault. I, I want to say that. We really should have listened to her from the get-go. So... At that point, because we were connected, because we had admitted that we had messed up, she then could follow our modeling of apologizing and we could all heal together. Everything that traditional parenting tells us she won't gain by this type of connection is actually what she did gain. You don't have to come down hard to get your child to do something. Connection is far more effective and it's better for your relationship. So again, I wish I had done it differently from the beginning, but I hope that my mistake and our ultimate resolution helps you see the process of connection. You know, the contrast of connected parenting and traditional parenting. And then ultimately, I hope you see the immense strength of parenting from a place of connection instead of control. Now, I have a course to help you with this. It's called How to Stop Yelling, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It might sound hypocritical to talk about this course after I just admitted I yelled and fought with my daughter, and I certainly regret that I did that, but I also know that the reason I was able to repair and move forward in a loving way was because of the skills I teach in my course. And additionally, I want you to know that I used to yell every single day, multiple times a day. It was the thing that I went to, and... I'm always still going to make mistakes and yelling will happen again, but it's not a major part of my life anymore. I just don't need to yell anymore. And that's due to everything I teach in that course. And again, when I do lose control, like I did in this situation, I'm still able to return to peace quickly. Once I ask that question, how can I connect because of the skills from that course? So it, it was life-changing for me, and I think it can li- be life-changing for you. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And if you want a fun way to connect during the good times, check out my back and forth journal. I'll link to that in the show notes too. It's a quick way to make a connection in our busy lives, and it helps your kids open up while getting to know you too. It's, it's been really transformative in my relationships, relationships with my kids too. And um, I'm recording this in the middle of December. If you have a, a December holiday that you're celebrating, it's a really easy gift to give because it's a download. So you don't have to wait for shipping. So you can just print it off, put it in a binder and give it to your kids. And the nice thing is it's $11. And I don't even know if you can buy a book for $11. And it's um, you can print it for all the kids in your family, in your household. So if you have three kids you want to do this with, you can spend $11 and print it for three kids. So like, there's not a better deal on that anywhere. (laughs) So, I mean, I haven't researched if there is a better deal, but I, I feel confident in saying there is not a better deal anywhere. You can, you can, uh, buy it once and use it with, with all your kids. Plus if you have a partner, your partner can do it too. So, so I mean, like potentially that's, if you have three kids, you could print it six times, but you're only spending $11 and whatever it costs to print it. So anyway, um, I'm rambling now, but 
it's a really great gift if you're still looking for something to give your child for Christmas or to give to to a niece or nephew or anybody like that. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And anyway, have a beautiful day. If you've parented in a way you wish you hadn't today, like I did, I hope you feel empowered after listening to this that you can restart with connection. This is really important work and you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.